Welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast, where you can listen to our lead pastor, Bishop Rich Jividen, deliver an inspiring and thought-provoking message. Tune in now to experience the power of God's Word and gain valuable insights into living a godly life. I don't know where to start, y'all. I, I just... I'll just tell you what God placed in my spirit a couple days ago, and it was just one simple word, and it was obedience. God placed that in, and, and I thought, Lord, of obedience, you know, of course we're all supposed to obey and trust in God. But do you guys know that it's, it's so much easier to say than it is to do? When you've been hurt, and you want to be angry or you want to be bitter or maybe you're going through and you don't understand a lot of times it's and God is telling you to do one thing and you say God I really I really don't know and, and let, let me just read you a story Arnetta Lovington Loving she was a Wycliffe missionary was washing her breakfast dishes when she saw Jimmy a five year old neighbor heading straight towards the back porch she had just finished painting the porch handrails and she was very pleased with her work come around to the front she shouted to jimmy there's wet paint on the porch rails i'll be careful jimmy replied continuing towards the door no jimmy don't come up the steps miss lovington miss loving shouted back to him again saying don't don't mess things up i've just finished those rails I'll be careful, Jimmy assured her again as he became closer to the steps. Jimmy, she shouted with a loud voice, I don't want carefulness, I want your obedience. How did Jimmy respond? Arnetta wondered what was the next move would be right. Always right, Mrs. Lovington, he replied. I'll go around to the front. As she turned to go back to her work, she thought, how often are we like Jimmy wanting to go our own way and rationalize, I'll be careful, Lord, as I proceed with my own plans. God is not looking for excuses, church. He's looking for people who will live a careful life of obedience. Of obedience, church. If we say we're a Christian, that means being Christ-like. That, that's carrying the presence of God within us. The presence of God that was represented or was in the Ark of the Covenant. That same presence, church, we can each one of us leave today and encounter and say, man, that was a great word. That was a great song that they sang. But see, more than that, I want you to know that you can encounter the very presence of, the, the very presence of God this morning. And you can leave changed in Jesus' name. You can leave changed in Jesus' name. The dictionary defines the word obedience as the action or practicing of obeying the fact or, or character of being obedient. Submission to the rule or authority of another. Compliance with, with or performing of a command, law, or the like. The action of doing what one is bidding. Obedience in the passive sense is defined as an obedience in which the subject allows himself to be treated according to the will of another or in which he suffers without resistance. I'd say Paul and Silas were pretty obedient to the Lord when, when they cast the demon out of that, out, 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 of that, out of that woman, but yet they were still obedient in that when they went to the inner dungeon, they didn't hold it against God and they weren't angry and upset. They actually started praising their Lord and their Savior. 
partial obedience, my friend, is still disobedience. One wise person said, great moves of God are usually preceded by simple acts of obedience. I wanted to read this too. Have you ever heard of Charles Finney? Charles Finney was uh, one of the leaders in the Second Great Awakening, and he said this, Revival is nothing less than a new beginning of obedience to God. When revival comes, obedience to the truth is the one thing that matters. Amen? We're not our own church. We were bought with a price. Pastor Rich, I read my Bible every day and I don't cuss. And I mean, There's so much more to obedience than that. It's, it's, it's a heart thing. Man, I just want to jump to where I feel that God wants to end, but I, just, I, I know that sometimes I, I get too quick, y'all. I know that. And then sometimes I don't ever want to ever be confusing. So I just want to read a couple more things. Obedience is a choice between our limited knowledge and God's unlimited power. You will never know how to command until you first learn how to obey. Stephen Furtick said this, Obedience is our responsibility and the outcome is God's. When God speaks to us, we must boldly obey. You see, church, the problem today is that God is, that God is not speaking. The problem today is that we're not listening. We have children and we have grandchildren, but I can tell you, we can, and even myself, I, I'm sure that my family can attest, we can be in the same room and they can say something to me and say, man, can you help and do this? And that I can be occupied with something else. Go clean your room, go do this, go do this. And you can totally not hear them because you're not listening to them. Does that make sense? All throughout the Bible, church, we can, we can know that the word of God says that we need to be obedient. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word and not just hearers, deceiving ourselves. For Christians, church, we must know what the word of God says from cover to cover. And we must do what the word of God says. Because I'm telling you, there's going to, there, I believe the time is now where people in the world can take part of the word and not all of the word and I'm that, that that's where that's where we're going to get an error church we must know that we must take the complete word of God and that is from cover to cover because it's God's holy word and as we read it and as we digest it that we the word can become us to where it's not just a set of rules and regulations I'm obeying because because God God is going to strike me down no I'm obeying because I love God and God loves me and that my actions are going to be honoring him because I love him and I'm going to obey what he tells me to do but a lot of times church I've gone wrong because I've wanted to do things my own way I'll be careful God I'll be careful, but God is saying, I want your complete obedience, Rich. It's not, it's, I'm not concerned with you being careful. I just want you to obey when I tell you to obey. John 4, 14, 23, Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. 
You see, church, I'm just telling you, our, our obedience to the word of God just isn't going to affect us, but it's going to affect our families. Our families, church. 1 John 2.17, And the word is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Matthew 7.24, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Proverbs 10.17, Whoever heeds instructions is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. When we hear God's word, we must do it. Amen? Church, there are some people that are just living, and I'm not just saying, saying it in this, in this room, but I'm saying if you look at the world today, some people are picking and choosing what a Christian is looking like, and it's not Christ-like, church. Oh, I like this part of it here, but that one there I really don't agree with. You see, that my whole thing is that to be Christ-like, we must know the Word. And I know I've already said this, Pastor Rich, you've already said it, but I'm just telling you, we must be very careful that we read the whole Word and digest the whole Word with what God is speaking into our lives, church. Amen. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless. Psalms 119 says this, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. With all your heart that you seek him and, and, and you're wanting to, just like if you lost a hundred dollar bill. I'll tell you right now, you lose a $100 bill, you'll, you'll flip couches upside down, you'll look in your car, you'll do whatever that you'll dump things out. Sometimes in our life, things need to be dumped out and dealt with, church. But sometimes we, we, we want to look too, pro, too, pro, too proper instead of just saying, man, I'm done with dealing with this. I'm done with running from God. And God, I'm dumping everything out, God. And that I want to seek you with all of my heart, with everything that I have. Time is short, church. God is coming back, and he's coming back for a remnant people. What does that mean, Pastor Rich? A people that, is, that has dedicated and set their life aside. A holy generation. Pastor Rich, how can I live holy? It's, it's living a consecrated life. What that is doing, my friend, is it's taking your life daily and saying, God, I submit my life to you, and if I get out of line, that God, I'll go to you and ask you for, for forgiveness. Because we have an advocate that sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding right now. Obedience is doing God's work, God's way. Obedience is doing what God wants you to do when God wants you to do it. Or God wants you to do it the way that God wants you to do it. Remember this, coming to church is good. Singing is great. Playing an instrument is great. but it's an obedient heart that God loves. Yes, we can praise together. And I'm just telling you, when we uplift God's name, he inhabits the praises of his people. But I'm just telling you, what is our heart today? Do we have an obedient heart towards God? Make me, God. Change me to where I'm more like you. Okay, I'll get there really quick. It's been really, really... Um, Noah, it's been on my heart for... A little bit of time. Brother Kevin has talked about Noah before. And I got thinking about Noah. You can check it out. It's in Genesis chapter 6, the very first book of the Bible. 
Now Noah, the Bible says, he was a righteous man. He was an upright man. But that yet the, the, the world was evil, church. God even resented of making man. He was going to destroy it. To me, as I was studying this week and reading this out, it sounds like today where we're at right now. But because of Noah's righteousness, he walked upright before God. Check this out, y'all. He just didn't get saved, but him and his whole family. The way you walk is going to affect your family. Don't be fooled and say that I'm walking in obedience, but yet you're just doing partial obedience, which is still disobedience, my friend. Noah's main name means rest or comfort. In Hebrews 11:6, and I know Miss Arlene, I'm all over the place. Please forgive me. I gave her scriptures in order and then I'm totally going out of order, but I'm sorry. So it's not her. Hebrews 11:6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Too often we only do part of what God says. But by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, feared God and making a boat in the middle of the land. And y'all, I'm just telling you, I know that we've heard this story for years. We heard it in Sunday school. We've heard it in kids' church. We've heard it. But I'm just telling you, can you just imagine God telling you to do something right now where there's... I'm just telling y'all, if you go buy a huge boat and you set it on your property and you never move it, but you said God is going to send a flood here, everybody, I'm just telling y'all, you're crazy. He built a boat. I'm just telling you, when I was looking, I got all the, I brought books up to just so I can say how large that it is. 450 feet. It was about a football and a half long, four stories high. This is a big boat. Some commentaries say this, and I was trying to point it down, that, that Noah built this ark. God told him to build this ark, and you know what he did? I don't see any place in the Bible where he argued with God and said, God, they're going to think that I'm crazy. He started going, and he started chopping down wood. Not just that, but you can read in 2 Peter where he said that he was a righteous preacher. So as he was working and building an ark, he was also preaching to the very men and women that God is going to send a flood. They've never seen rain. Water would come up from the ground. Genesis chapter 2, I believe that it is. So can you just imagine if there was never any rain, how is God going to be able to float this boat that's here, Noah? What is going on? But yet, for they say, commentaries say anywhere between 100 and 120 years that he preached this word and built the ark. I'm just telling y'all, and this is pointing to me, Pastor Rich, I get impatient with a week. I get impatient with a day. God, I've prayed about it. I've prayed for my family. I've prayed for things to happen in my life. And God, where are you at? Can you imagine... Let's just say a hundred years, a hundred years church that he built this ark and he was still faithful to God. That's obeying God church. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, obedient, obedient to God. Because I can tell you that every one of us in this room today, we can make a choice to be obedient to what God is telling us in our life to do. You can make a choice today. 
to be obedient to God. Some of you guys are running from God. Some of you guys, God has a call on your life and you know what you're doing. I don't need to come and tell you. You know, you've been in God's presence before. Look at the word of God and say, God, if there's anything that's inside of me that is, that is a, a reproach to you, that is a smelly, that, that it doesn't need to be there, God, take it and remove it. Show me in your word, God. Because I can just tell you, I can't imagine it, Brother Frank. God telling me to do something and yet taking and going year after year after year. That's just three. Year after year after year. I can go up to 100 if you guys want me to. But I know it's food time, right, Brother Kevin? And just knowing. Lord, we're doing this because we want to be obedient. And I'm just telling you that to me can be so much more worship than raising our hands and singing a song. Our life can be worship unto God because we're obedient to what he's telling us to do. God says, check this out. God says, don't gossip. You know what you do? It sounds that simple, but I've done, but I've been, I've been caught in that too. Don't judge. Let's GBG. I'm just telling you, we can go through the, through the whole scriptures and we know them and we can quote them. But yet sometimes I think that we pick and choose which ones that we want to want to have applied to our life. Because I really feel, and I know that you can't go on feelings a lot, y'all, but I know that our obedience is going to be able to touch our families. I've seen it in my family. I've seen it in other people's family because they've chosen people have chosen to say that, God, I'm going to do this. This may be hard and it may, may be, I may be understood. I may be understood, misunderstood, but God, I'm still going to do this. I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to go. Even if people are saying that I'm crazy. Talk to Abraham about that, huh? Who obeyed when he was called to go to a place that he was to receive his, as in, his inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. Abraham has got his promised son, church. His wife gave birth, can you imagine it? 90 to 100 years old, giving birth to a child. And then God says, I want you to take him up to the, to the mountain and go worship. Out of obedience, he did what God told him to do. I'll skip through the back. I love you guys. Um, recently, a pilot was flying his private plane in a cloudy day. He was not a very experienced in an in instrument landing. When the control tower was bringing him, bringing him in, he began to quickly panic. He looked at, he could not see the ground. He could, he could not, all he could see is the instruments. And a stern voice came over the radio and said, you just obey my instructions. We'll take it. We'll take care of the obstructions. God will never call us to do something that he doesn't require us to use our faith. You see, sometimes God is just asking us to follow what he's telling us to do. And we don't have to worry about this obstruction there or this building there. Just God, I'm going and I'm flying and I'm putting my trust and faith in you. And I'm going to read the word. And Father God, I pray that you'd help me to be able to understand the word so that my life can, can be right before you. Amen. C.S. Lewis says this, Christ says, give me all. I don't want so much of your time and so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you. 
I have not come to torment you, your natural self, but to kill it. Not half measures are, are any good. I don't want to cut off a branch here and a branch there. I want to have the whole tree down. I don't want to drill the tooth or crown it or stop it, but to have it out. Hand it over the whole natural self. All the desires which you think innocent as well as the ones you think are wicked. The whole outfit. I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself. My own will shall become yours. Obedience is not merely obeying by conforming to the likeness of Jesus, whose teaching we should obey in this conforming confirmation there is an inner transformation of the person resulting to Jesus like character virtues ambitions out of obedience we, we become Christ like amen I'm closing first time the airplane's going around right Church, God is coming back for a bride that is ready. A bride that wants him to return. And what I mean by ready, church, is that we're all looking at our lives daily and saying, God, where is there any place in my life that needs to be trimmed? Is there any area in my life that needs to be more like you? Lord, search me and find the, the waves that are, that are not like you. In closing, I just want to read this. Jensen Franklin had, had written this in one of his books. and um, He said, In New York City, there was a man by the name of Max Dukes. He was raised by agnostics and was never taken to church as a child. No church, no God. He had never been taught to fear, serve, or even love God. No Bible and no prayer. Max Dukes had 1,026 men and women on his family tree. 300 of them went to prison for an average of 13 years. 190 became prostitutes and 680 out of the 1,026 became alcoholics. It cost the state of New York millions to take care of this one family. In the same neighborhood during the same time, there was, a young, there was another young man named Jonathan Edwards who was raised to fear. He was raised to honor God and later became a pastor and a preacher. He had 929 descendants on his family tree and out of the 929 descendants, there were 430 preachers, 86 college professors, 13 presidents of major universities, 75 best-selling authors, seven members of the U.S. Congress, and one member became vice president of the United States of America. Genesis 6 says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of God because of what God saw. He saved not only Noah, but he saved his family and every kind of animal on the earth as well. We serve that same God here today, church. I said, we serve that same God here today. The same evil and corrupt circumstances are all around us in this time. But the atmosphere of our homes can and should be very different than the atmosphere that is around us right now. 
as men and women of God, that our families can be a safe place, can be a refuge where God's presence can fully dwell with us wherever that we go. And our children can see us praising him. Our children can see that as we go through difficult times, that yes, it may be hard, but we know that our faith and trust, we're going to put it all in God, 100%. Your home is a classroom. And you are the priest, you are the prophet, and you are the king. The question is, will your children pass the test of faith? They will, if you will. You need to give your family to God today. These are troublesome times. You don't know to, you don't want to be unsure about your walk with God in this critical hour that we're living in today. You can't successfully build a home and a marriage and a family in an environment and an atmosphere that we live in today without Jesus. The atmosphere today, if you're to go in the world, there's adultery, there's sin, there's lying, there's backstabbing. You can look at what, what the New Testament says, church. But see, I, my prayer is this, is that when we come into the presence of God, that we would be confronted with the issues that are in our life, whether it's worry, whether it's anxiety, whether it's bitterness, wh whatever that that blank is that you fill in, that you'd be able to deal with it instead of pushing it off again, pushing it to the side and say, man, I'm going to deal with that later on when I become older. Church, I'm just telling you, in the last two weeks, I've had three or four funerals, and I'm just telling you right now, tomorrow is never promised. The word of God says life is but a vapor. It's here one, one second and it's gone the very next. And my question to you is, are you having a relationship with God? Well, I know about him. That's great that you know about him. The demons know about Jesus. But do you know him? What I mean, do you know him? Do you know him as your personal savior? And when, if you know him as your savior, then you're going to have communion with him. Well, Pastor Rich, what is communion? That's just conversation with him, y'all. That's just talking to him get up. You know what? You're aching. You have an aching body. God, I just, out my back, God, I'm getting older. I'm 50 something years old and I can't believe that I, but he got me out of bed. I'm breathing today and I can walk on my own. Thank God. If every one of us would just purpose in our heart that I know that, and I, and I know I, as I look around a room like this, there's many people that are going through a lot of things in their life and there's a lot of issues and I never want to downplay them, but all I want to do is just say that God is greater than any issue that you have. Give it to him. Cast your burdens upon him. He loves you so much. Did you know that he came and he lived a life of pure? He was pure, church. He never sinned one time. Did you, did you know that? Amen? Amen. But you know what they did? They beat him. They stripped him from his, he stripped his clothes off him, pulled on his beard, hit him in the head multiple times, put crown of thorns on his head, put him on a cross. They say that when, they, when, they, when men would look at Jesus, that you could see his rib cage through, through his bones were showing. And yet on that cross, not one time did our Savior ever in anger curse. Not one time did, did Jesus, our Lord and Savior, ever say anything wrong. All that is recorded, he said this, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Such a loving God. Jesus led by obedience, church. His life was obedient to the will of the Father, and he did exactly what the Father wanted him to do. We're called today, every single one of us, to walk 
in obedience to God. Not because we're going to get, not because we're going to get this or that, but because that God saved us and set us free. And that God let our lives be, that we live our lives in obedience to him. I'm probably saying this wrong, but Miss Karen Wheaton, when we took the youth up there years ago to the ramp, she had said, she had said, or it was Lou Engle that had said that a lot of times Christians try to get away with as much as they can without being wrong. Is that how I'm saying? Help me out. She can't remember either. It's not about getting away with as much as you can once you're saved. It's about consecrating yourself and saying, God, I'm going to separate myself as much from anything that even looks like the appearance of evil, God, because I want my life to be a reflection. I want it to be the people that are around me that I'm speaking into my children and my children's children and the families that, that, I, that I go, that, that, that I am interacted with every single day. God, let them see you in my life. closing, my friend, I just want to say that God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. And I think that a lot of times, a lot of people think that, think that becoming, asking the Lord to take over your life is a whole bunch of rules and regulations. It's so much more than that. If I got married because of a I'm not going to get married because of all the different rules and regulations that I have to do. No, I, I don't do certain things because I love my wife and I want to have a relationship with her. I know that's very simple. But I'm just telling you, can we just look at God and say, God, that I want my life, I want to live in obedience to you. Because if God can take one man, man by the name of Noah, which means comfort, and be able to save their whole family, can you imagine if a group of 120 or 40 people got together and said, God, I'm standing for you today. Let me be count, counted righteousness, that my life is walking righteousness before you. And watch what God will do in your families. You want revival? Revival can start with you, with how you walk and how you obey God. Only if I could get that, that, that pastor or that evangelist to come here. Or only if I could get them to talk into my life. I'm just telling you, you have somebody that can talk into your life that is 1,425 times, probably more than that, that can speak into your life. And he's a living God and he knows you and he created you and he knows exactly what you need and he knows exactly what to say to you. How come, God, I've looked to other people before, man, only if they would pray for me or only if they would speak to me and God is saying, I'm right here. Talk to me. I'll speak into your life. But sometimes, you know what? We're not listening and we're not looking for God to speak to us. We'd rather have somebody say to us face to face instead of saying, God, I'm, I, I know it hasn't been over a hundred years since you spoke to me, but God, you've told me to live this way, so I'm going to live this way and I'm going to be, be obedient to your word. Thank you for joining us. We pray that today's message helped encourage you. Please join us again next time and have a blessed day.